Hi, this is Ibarian X, and welcome to The Candid Frame. The personal project is the kind of thing that a photographer needs to do in order to challenge themselves, to move beyond just the singular image. I think it's very easy to go out there and just get caught up on trying to make that one shot that looks really, really good, that evokes a reaction in the viewer. But it's another thing to go out and to create a body of work that actually says something about our world, our community, or even our, ourselves. Today's guest, Hatman Lee, is a photographer who turned the camera on herself, her family, and her world in a very unique way. And by photographing her parents' liquor store in the Washington, D.C. area, she revealed a world that, while familiar, is completely foreign in a, in a very intimate way. And I was impressed by the photographs when I first saw them because, in some ways, I had been in places like this but never really connected to the people behind the counter. And by her photographing not only her own family, but the people who frequent the store, she created an amazing document of life in a little corner of our world. And I hope you really enjoy the conversation, but particularly uh, her images. And I hope that it inspires you to possibly explore your own world. We started the conversation by simply talking about her family and their beginnings. Um, I think that, like, since they, my parents had a mom-and-pop shop, like, growing up, they were always working. Um, and um, I think that, I think I was a little resentful because I always had to work, too, like, on the oh, weekends yeah. or after school. Like, all the other kids can go to ballet classes or soccer classes or, you know, it's just like I, I knew that I have to go to the store, I have to work. I didn't really realize, oh, they're working so hard for our future until, of course, like, I'm older, um, you know, until I hit maybe college and post-college. Like, in my, um, when I did my undergrad, I did my, um, my thesis was called de-idealizing family and so I think that you know all teenagers or when we're coming to age we all come to that point where we idealize and de-idealize family of course it's like we're stuck with them and we love them but like I think I was going through just seeing them you know you get to a point where you see your parents as human beings and not as your caretakers or people that you just lean on it and the roles switch to you know when you get older you just take care of your parents and you know that whole process and you know and yeah I'm lucky to have like really hard-working parents but of course I grew up super like resentful <laughs> you know I, you just reminded me that my dad used to take me to his print shop he was a pressman he ran okay. a four color press and I remember he would take us there we'd be there all day and I, and I used to resent having to be there um, because there was nothing for us to do yeah. You know, so it was like, it wasn't like you where you were actively helping your parents, you know, uh, behind the counter for me. He would occasionally tell us to sweep or do something, you know, but yeah. it was just like, I was like, why do I have to be here? You know, I could be doing something else and something else could be nothing more than just watching television. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how I forgotten that. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, I had my resentments about it, never really appreciating until much later you know, what, what he had actually been doing for me and for my brothers. 
Yeah. When when you were working for your 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 parents behind the counter, did you did that per you know resentment persist as you started photographing, or had that sort of passed for you, and that you were at another phase in terms of your relationship with them? No, it was always there. It hasn't passed. I think that I think the whole dynamic of family is. Um, I mean, this is not, I'm not trying to be negative, but it's about unconditional love and a balance of resentment as well, (laughs) because it's like, you're stuck with these people. Like, how are you going to change? You know what I mean? I mean, you could disown them. Sure. But like, I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. Love hate relationship. Typical. So what made you decide to, you know, take a camera there just to, was it at first something to keep you busy, something to keep you occupied, something to do other than just working behind the counter? Um, I think that just growing up, um, I've always, like, I was always, we're always watching people, customers, and I mean, I don't know, yeah, I've always been like, you know, a voyeur in that way, but then also kind of a, um, also, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not um, an introvert at all, I'm very, like, social and, you know, yeah, always having to watch customers, maybe that's part of it too, why I love photography and people and stuff like my mom was always like watch them or whatever because like we always have customers that steal or whatever or like you know we have to watch the customers you know or they're going to walk out with something or whatever not that all the customers steal but a big a, a lot of them like you know I've had to chase so many people um down the street <laughs> um I, I don't know. I just started taking pictures. It, it was just something that I think I was intimidated by photography and art uh, in, in high school. And I wanted to do it. But I was like, you know, my parents always wanted a more practical route. You know, it's like, you know, most immigrant parents, you know, they want something very stable and something very, you know, doing art is not a stable path. Yeah. And then so I just started, took a photography class uh, after high school. And then I just kind of like, it was almost like I just found my sixth sense or like a way of communicating. It was like, it was like the perfect, it was like the medium that really clicked with me because I really suck at drawing and painting and ceramics and whatever, everything else and acting and whatever, any kind of, um, all of that. And basically every subject. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I, I, I don't know. So I was not an academic, like I wasn't like, the only thing I liked was, yeah, English and reading. That's it, reading and then photography. So when you first started taking the camera to the, sh- you know, to to the store and started photographing, were your parents like, "Put the camera away. You're here to work." Uh, did they, did they give you any pushback about you taking pictures? Yes, of course, and they still do. You know, like all the time, they're just kind of like, "Why are you doing that? Why do you want to do that?" you know, they've learned to accept it, you know, but you know, it's not something that they're like, Oh yeah, good job. Like take another portrait. This one's wonderful. Like, you know, I mean, they're like Korean parents, you know, they're super critical. They're not a positive reinforcement type of upbringing. (laughs) It's like, you can, it's not like American where it's like, good job. We love you no matter what. It's more like, Oh my God, look at whoever's kid. They're going to be, they're like going to med school or like, you know, it's always like comparing and like being like, well, you should be doing this or that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or at least my parents were most, most Korean parents. Yeah. Were they pushing you to do something uh, specific? 
I don't know why, but like they always wanted my sister and I to be a pharmacist. I'm like, why the hell would I want to be a pharmacist? <laughs> but yeah, it's like they're I, they're like, well, you know, med school's too tough or whatever. Just be a pharmacist, like pharmacist. I don't know why. Or like an attorney or like accountant or whatever. But like, I don't know. Yeah. What, what did your parents come f- come from when they when they immigrated? What did what had your father and your mom done for a living before they moved? From uh, South Korea to here. Um, my dad's family was actually from North Korea, and then they moved down when you know before everything broke, um, got uh, the war started, and then like my mother, they had met in Busan, which is the second largest city in um, Korea, and they met there. Um, they got married. My dad, yeah. So my and my dad was like, I just remember when he was he was like in love with my mom he's still in love with my mom so it's pretty cute um he was like marry me he's like save me i remember that like (laughs) save me please marry me save me oh my father he's so he loves my mom (laughs) what what, what was he saying what was he saying save him from what i think that like he just you know he's in love with her love with her so much and he's just like Kind of like, yeah, I guess it was more like a plea of like, give me something to live for. It's so dramatic. It's like Korean drama. Save me. Marry me. (laughs) They got married and then they actually had a chicken shop, like a fried chicken shop. And um, it was doing really well. And my aunt, she fell in love with this white guy, the army guy. And um, so she moved to America. And then that's why we followed um, after. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and, and they took up the, the liquor store as, was that one of the first things that your no, dad did? My parents actually were like street vendors. They worked in Washington DC and they had like a stand. They had two stands and my sister and I spent our summers like on the street. We're kind of like hippie children. My <laughs> name means son in Korean. Um, yeah, we spent all our summers there. And I remember when bookstores were around, we had a B. Dalton. I don't know if you remember that bookstore. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. B. Dalton was across the street. So me and my sister were like voracious readers. All we do is read. My sister's a writer. Um, and like well, all we did was read and read. Yeah. And so on the week, on the, in the summers, we go with them and we have our fanny pack. We used to go to the flea market too on the weekends. We're like, uh, would it be like street peddlers? No, we're like, we're like children, like anything that you see, I guess, like um, we're always like on the street and I don't know. It's funny because I do a lot of street photography. So probably I just been visually that all of that has been like being on the street. Maybe, I don't know. It's just kind of a natural setting, natural, like, um, world for me you know it, it kind of makes sense because if you're a kid you're out there and your parents are working you're not thinking about what your parents are doing you're thinking about all the things you want to be doing yeah you know and you're so stimulated that 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 just looking at people around you and looking at those things probably is a way of entertaining yourself so it's it's no surprise that that sort of segues into your into your photography where you're just kind of observing and, and taking a look at everything now through the through a camera yeah, I mean, I think photography and just 
you know, people watching in general. I mean, Americans, I guess, like part of our culture is not so much people watching, but unless you go to big cities, you know, then people are into the people watching. It's a sport in other whatever, like Paris or whatever, London and like in Europe and stuff. But like, I guess in New York, you know, it's a sport in a way. But yeah, it's always fun to kind of imagine where people are going and what they're doing and just like sitting in traffic and you're driving in LA or whatever and you're like, where the F are all these people going? Like, you know, and you look over and you see these people and like, whatever. I mean, I think it's always, it's always fun to imagine people's lives for them or like in your own head because it can be a lot more exciting in your head than in reality. Did did you find that, that, being out in the street with your parents and then having sort of a personality where you're not really all really shy helped you in terms of approaching people that you didn't know or, or barely knew in terms of making their photographs? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm so used to just being around people um, and talking to anybody. I forget one photographer. I remember a quote that one of the photographers said, and he said, if you are taking a photograph and you don't feel a little bit of fear, then it's not going to be a good photograph. I don't know why that kind of stuck to me, but like I think getting your photograph taken or even if it's not super candid and you're not using a long lens and you actually ask people to take their photograph and whatever, you're inviting yourself into their space, into their their bubble, into their realm and you know you're inviting yourself to connect with that person. So in a way, you have to kind of be humble and it is kind of scary because Maybe it's, you know, it's sometimes not what you expect that space to be or like you don't know what to expect. And people are people are erratic and they're crazy and then they're wonderful and whatever. They're moody. You know, you don't know. It can be very intimidating. But then also, if you don't actually do it in a confident way, then your fear can also kind of rub off on them and they're going to be scared of you so it's kind of a very gray line but it's also very black and white too were were the first photographs that you were making at the at the liquor store behind from behind the counter behind the the protective glass or were you out in in the aisle when you first started making pictures it was a behind the glass the first store the store that my parents had for like 10 15 years Um, The first one was definitely in, like, a more dangerous neighborhood. I wasn't allowed to stay out there at night. You know, like, that store has been robbed before. It was not a, you know, it was in the 90s where Washington, D.C. was more, a lot more crime. And it was in a more desolate area. Um, It wasn't. You know, it it just wasn't like a safe place for me to be out there with my camera and stuff. And we're talking about the 90s. We're not talking and we're talking about a time where I don't know if people are used to seeing so many people out there with SLR camera or I actually had a digital camera, but still it looks fancier than like, you know, this is before iPhones. It was before technology almost, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, technology to those standards, flip phones and big phones and pagers and beepers you know, which is so different then. So imagine having a camera, it was definitely more dangerous. And even traveling at that time or even walking on the street with a camera was, is a bit more odd. It's not like now where every other person in Washington, D.C. tourist or anywhere, New York or any city you go to, any place in the world, you know, somebody has a SLR. What were they making of you when you, 
when you asked to make their their photograph. I mean, they were there to go buy something. They weren't expecting to be, you know, for an I image. I think that they were really supportive because they knew at that time I'm like, I'm like 19 years old and that's like 14 years ago. I'm 33. So it's like, you know, I'm a kid and like, imagine like, I don't know, an Asian kid, 19 year old Asian kid looks like they're like 12. <laughs> so it's like, they're probably, they're just supportive. They're like, Oh, how's school going? Oh, it's for your portfolio. Like, yeah, you can take my picture. Da, 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 da. I mean, they're supportive. They know my parents, you know, it's like they're, you know, that's that culture of, um, you know, your neighborhood store. It's part of, you know, they call them mom and pop, you know, yeah, it's like, uh-huh. you know, it's their mom and their pop. They really treat them like family, you know, and I'm the kid. So I'm like their kid too, almost, you know, I'm daughter. So yeah. it's like, you know, and they knew that I was studying, I was in college. And so a lot of the um, customers are all regulars. So they're so happy for me. And like, they're so, you know, they're excited for me to be in school studying. And, you know, my parents are working hard. They see my parents working hard for my education. And so I can do what I love. So it was like a nurturing experience, you know, and they're, they trust me, you know, they've known me since I was like really young. Did did that whole dynamic change when your parents changed locations in terms of the store and you had to be in a different community with different people but you still continued photographing that happened like in my mid-20s I guess or something like that yeah mid-20s when they got the other store um but no it's like you know most of the customers are regular if they're not I don't know I mean the people who come into yeah, no, it's, it's, they were definitely not like, it took a while for me to get to know the customers and stuff, but, you know, I almost got to know them more on an adult relationship, you know, okay. um, than a kid in the other liquor store. Cause they knew me since I was like 12, 13 mm-hmm. working, you know? And so now I come into another liquor store and I'm like in my mid twenties and they, but they still know me as like they're the kid. So when you, when you first started showing your work, say in say in college, what were people making of it? Did you have an idea in terms of what people's reactions would be to the work? Was it a surprise to you? No, it wasn't. I you know I wasn't shooting that much in the store. I was, but it was like more. I was doing a lot of street photography in college. Some of my first rolls of film was like you know I would. Because I was, was working at the store during college, so I would shoot at the barbershop next door or, like, people outside. And, yeah, you know, the kids, I think they liked it. They're open to it. But I think more of the professors, I mean, they, my teachers probably, you know, they were, they encouraged, you know, me to do a lot of street photography and stick with um, portraits. It was different, I guess. I mean, not different, but, like, I think I just didn't really make sense of it. I didn't know because you're, yeah. you're, I'm in school. I think I was just trying to shoot as much as possible and just experience, like just see everything and try to whatever. Like through the years, I've been able to just edit my eye, you know, yeah. and just not shoot as much, you know, even though I have a digital camera now and I only shoot on digital and I can shoot as much as possible. And, you know, back then I was just, hungry to just like shoot everything and see everything and then see and I could you know I loved every frame you know I was in love with photography it's like when you fall in love with someone you love everything about them and you're like yes 
I don't care if they, you know, leave their socks around the house or they like don't do the dishes <laughs> or, you know, they do have these habits. You're like, oh, I love it. It's cute. But then now I'm like a little more like, okay, I like certain, like, you know, I'm like more edit, edit. Like, I'm just like, okay, I don't love everything that I see. Okay. I saw that it got, the, the, the project got profiled in PDN. Yeah. Was that the first time that you had put the work out there as a body of work or had you done it before? I like never enter competitions, so I don't know. I just, it was like kind of this random, I don't know. I just did it and like, I was like, oh, well, PDN, I think I get like 20 emails a week about competitions and whatever. I don't know. For some reason I was like, whatever, I'll just do it. And so I'd actually won. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, That's amazing, you know. Yeah, so it was like, oh, this is fun. And then we went to the reception and last week or something, I think. Yeah, my sister came and yeah, I mean it's really it's really great to for people to have a um reaction to it and really love it because it's hard for me to really understand not understand, but like it's like my child, you know, it's like you love if it's like you love your kid and you think your kid is the cutest. And other people are like, oh, your kid's so cute. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Or like you think they're just being nice or whatever. Your kid is cute, but you love your kid. It's your kid, you know? So it's kind of like that. And I'm like, I'm not like the kind of person who's just like boast my own work and like, it's amazing. It's so (laughs) wonderful. I'm the best. Like, it's just like, I love it. And that's why I do it. So I'm like, oh, people, other people like it. Okay, great. If it inspires you and you like looking at it, that's awesome too. What have you What have you heard in terms of people commenting about about the work? Maybe some things that you hadn't expected to hear when people looked at it because it's such a personal body of work. Uh, have you been surprised by some of the reactions to it? Yeah, people are really um, drawn to it. I mean, I think everyone just thinks it's so... Um, different and like they haven't seen it you know Um, so it's like it's a different point of it's cool to show people like you know something new and they're like wow I didn't really it's like interesting for them Um, and it is it's just uh, you know I think that I've been doing I've been shooting there for so long and I almost like I, I never really stopped to think about it and I never really wanted to it to be so much about like, you know, anything that's so, I don't know, like. Were people asking you that whether, about whether you were making um, some bigger social statement about race, about class, about, have people been asking you whether the work is about that? Um, actually, like, I think one of my very closest friends was at one point, like, he was like, you know, what your parents are doing is wrong, you know, you're kind of taking money from poor, like, or whatever. Um, I don't know, people who are suffering or poor, like they are like on welfare or this community, like taking advantage, you know, in that way. And um, of course, it was just some like middle class white kid who's saying that because they say that. If you look at it that way, then sure, like, it's just like, don't live in this country. Did it piss you off to hear someone making a comment about your work in that way? I know that like, you know, we're, that my family's like hardworking and they're not like taking advantage of people. They are like, you know, we're like a, I respect my family's like morals and ethics. And like, we're not like trying to 
kill people by, you know, making them like drink to death and really like supporting like drug trafficking and all this stuff. It's just part of the business, you know, and it's just it comes with the territory. And by, by that, you mean that, that some of the customers, there are people who are maybe using drugs or alcohol. Oh, yeah. Lots of drug dealers. Yeah. Lots of drug dealers, alcoholics, prostitutes. I mean, you know, whatever, you know, it's street life. It's like, you know, it's a it's reality. Yeah. Did you find yourself editing yourself in terms of who you would photograph or who you wouldn't photograph with that in mind? Or were you pretty much open to photograph anyone who was willing to be photographed? I pick people that I really, I like their face or I like, I connect with their energy. I love them as a, their persona, their, you know, their energy, like, I don't know, just the way, I don't know. I like somebody's nose or something, or I like somebody, his shirt that he has on. I mean, also like, of course, like I feel uncomfortable photographing people who are out of their wits, like so high that, you know what I mean? Like nobody needs to see that. It's not like, um, it's not trying to show taking advantage of them because yeah. they're like really fucked up. And I'm like, Oh, let me show how messed up and, drunk and high and filthy you are like yeah. i mean like you know it's like why would i why would i do that yeah i have an aversion to photographing people in that same way unless the story i'm telling specifically is about their addiction then it makes yeah. sense to photograph it but otherwise if someone is you know so drunk that they're falling over themselves or so high they're falling over themselves i don't see that as an opportunity for me to make a photograph because there's no context for it and then yeah. at that point, it just becomes, it just becomes opportunistic. I, I like to think that I care about the people that I photograph, even if I don't know them. Yeah. So I, that's why I, I'm averse to making those kind of photographs. And it seems like that that's kind of what you are coming from in terms of your choices, in terms of who you photograph, that you, that you felt a connection to these people, even, even though their lifestyles or their, their choices weren't in line with what yours were. Yeah. And I'm not a saint. I'm like, you know, I'm not Virgin Mary. I've done drugs. I've been drunk. I drink all the time. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not like, you know, who am I to say you're living this lifestyle that is like whatever that is worse than mine, but I'm going to like take money from you because I need, you know, like, I mean, it's just a, it's just a job and it's that I'm there. So what kind of work have you been do, uh, doing as, as a photographer, we've been talking a lot about in terms of this project and, and your work as a street photographer, but what have you been doing editorial work? Have you been doing stuff with NGOs? What, what is, what does the rest of your photographic life look like? I've been, I have been doing editorial ever since I started. Like my first job was, you know, magazine work or, you know, um, fashion. And that's something that I think I will like always do. I do a lot of backstage fashion work, which I find really interesting. Um, but also it can be, I can't do it all the time. Like I get like, and then also, um, I'm just working with, well, I'm work, like I told you, I was working with United Way here in uh, New York. And then, um, I'm looking to kind of um, show in galleries more in, LA, New York, and DC, and London, and wherever. And then also, I'm just um, 
I'm finishing up this work and then um, probably will haven't decided yet, but like maybe work on a book of these pictures, the plexiglass specifically, because mm. um, everyone's just been pushing me to do a book. And it would be nice, you know. And then um, also, I just, I'm working on some other like more, I guess it would be technically like conceptual. Well, I don't know, because it's, I don't like saying conceptual work or whatever, but because everything's kind of like is conceptual, right? Bodies of work, new, new stuff. I don't know. Also just like, um, I feel, I feel like I've, I've done a lot of stuff and it's been, I've enjoyed it all. So I'm just kind of like right now, I'm just trying to not be so crazy anxious about like, Oh, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of letting things come to me because, or like, you know, like putting, opening myself up and just like, you know, because I, I kind of like, I was in London for two years and I've been traveling a lot and I was in LA and I'm just constantly, um, constantly like, um, flying and uh, driving and whatever. And I, I, but I'm just right now, I'm really trying to just stay in New York for the first time and just kind of travel within New York and stuff and, 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 and going to see different cultures here, traveling within New York and just, I don't know, just kind of um, take care of myself and nurture myself here because I think, um, I don't know, lately I've just been, lately I've just been seeing everything like, it's just almost like, yeah, I, it's like I'm, I'm kind of having a second wave of like kind of falling in love with photography again. It's been really, I guess, literally like eye-opening because I think that we can like as professionals, as professional artists, you know, it's like, if you're a photographer, it's almost like you never stop working because you're always from the moment you wake up or I don't know, even when you're dreaming, you're seeing things, but like living is so visual. So it's like, just like you're always kind of on. And I think after a point, like I got really exasperated, you know, it's just kind of like everything kind of became whatever. I probably went through a kind of dark phase last year, but personal reasons. But uh, yeah, but now I feel like kind of, okay, let me just like relax and like, and then I'm starting to see things clearer now. It's almost like taking the, cleaning the glass, you know? And like, I'm just kind of like, okay, I, everything I go to shoot, even if it's boring or it sucks or I'm like, it's not like, yeah. Cause every job that you do is like, you know, I think Andy Warhol said it. It's like, he's like, I don't know why people like think like, oh my God, artists, you want to be an artist or whatever. It's a job is a job. Like it's still a job, yeah. you know? And so no matter how wonderful something sounds or something great it's like yeah it's still work and you have to you do these things and um yeah because so you know like I was t hanging out with some friends yesterday and some of them are nine to fivers and stuff and they're always like oh you're so lucky you don't work or like you know have to like wake up or, or go to work every day and do whatever and this and that but um being always having to and being a photographer and whatever is kind of yeah it's like you're always seeing things. It's, it's amazing because every, all the inspirations around you, you know, and you're not, but also it isn't, you know, it's almost so available that, um, and it, in a lot of ways, 
Yeah, so it's interpreting interpreting photography for what you want it to be too. Because if you think about it, everything has been photographed. Yeah. You know, and everything has been photographed. Probably in the first fifty years of photography's birth, you know, some version of whatever anybody says is original or whatever something it's been done and that's beautiful too and that's kind of like that's like that's kind of a relief too yeah. <laughs> you know it's like okay well i don't know what will happen or what what whatever but it's just we'll see we talked about your parents what, what does your sister make of what of, of what you're doing does she get it um yeah she's really supportive um she's always she really has always been super supportive but like she's like one of you know my closest you know I'm so close to her and so wonderful to have a sibling so we can talk about how much our parents messed us up <laughs> <laughs> but um someone's gotta understand right yeah. with you is she a creative too or, or is she into something else she's a writer um, but she like writes plays and oh, she's okay. also a teacher so she went in the arts field too. So my parents are like, oh my God, two artists. <laughs> yeah, she's really supportive. Do you, do, you, um, do you still go out and shoot at your parents' uh, shop or is that? Her, yeah, her I'm, I'm going to go there for Sunday for Father's Day. I'm going home to Virginia. And then like I recently kind of moved up to New York. I've been up and down for a while and I had a place here and there, but all this family stuff happened and like my dad broke his ankle, blah, 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 this and that. So I'm actually like, I just moved into a new place in Brooklyn last week or two weeks ago or something like that. And so, yeah, I'm going down for Father's Day and then um, I have some stuff that I need to shoot down there. Yeah. So I'm going to, I probably will work at the store maybe two or three days next week so I can give my parents a break. But you're going to be shooting, huh? Yeah, you know, I'll have the camera there and, you know, on a good day, I'll probably have, I'll probably see like three or four people that I want to take pictures of and I get to. And then on a bad day or like on a not good day, like I don't really see anything I want to shoot, um, you know, but on a good day, four or five. And then in the summertime, it's so fun because, you know, it's just like you get to see more of the people's clothes and also like all the kids come in. Mm. And they're so cute. And, yeah, they all come in. Oh, that's cool. All the children, yeah. Well, my last question that I, I ask each guest is to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. So who would that be for you and why? Okay. Um, well, actually, he, he passed away, and I saw his gallery show, and I had never heard of him before. Um, but his name is Jerome Liebling, and I saw he had a show at the Stephen Kasher Gallery in um, Chelsea. It just closed, but I was lucky enough to see it. And um, really, really amazing um, uh, street photography that he did, like in Brighton Beach, um, all over America, kind of. And um, just like really um, lovely work. It kind of reminds me of like Martin Parr or Gary Winogrand. But like this guy I'd never heard of before. So it was really exciting to kind of discover his work. I think that's cool. And also like um, some of the fine artists that kind of go into the fashion commercial work. Well, it's kind of interesting. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but it's interesting to see 
their aesthetic and how the commercial fashion world kind of takes interprets that and uses their style and that branding of like their imagery into these campaigns so like one example is Todd Hito he did this um I forget who but um yeah he did them and I it wasn't I didn't blow my socks off or anything but I mean it's like funny it's 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 interesting to see that kind of um cross into because I feel like they did it so much better back in the day like but um Stephen Shore I love his work his fine artwork and then some of his like I saw his campaign for another and other stories which he did with like Meryl Streep's daughters and I get it like the color palette and kind of like that whole like yeah muted 70s tone and stuff and that's pretty I mean it's interesting to see like oh okay that's his look but it's almost like yeah it's weird it's always like that thing like people want you to shoot this or that or whatever and how do you how do you um you can get pigeonholed into certain things or whatever yeah and stuff like that so so where where can people go to find out more about you and, and your work okay um i have a website it's just it's h-a-t-n.im which i think i need to renew on gandhi's website like i don't know so hopefully it's not shut down, but I think it's on. And then um, I also have a wedding site, hattonlywedings.com. And I really want to shoot a lot. Like I want to shoot like um, some Russian weddings in Brighton Beach this summer and like do some like Bangladeshi like weddings and Indian weddings in Jackson Heights and stuff. I'm excited to kind of explore that world as well if I can get in and then also like I'm obsessed with Hasidic Jews because like I live near them and they're everywhere and they have like amazing style and so and it's just crazy I I love I love being able to drive by them and walk by them and just be in their community even though I'm shunned but like I think it's so cool because it's like living in a it's living being part of it's like living in a foreign film. It's so cool, um, even though they don't like me. It's OK. <laughs> well, thanks for, for joining us. It really was a pleasure to talk to you again. <laughs> again. Yes. Thanks for joining us for another episode and for spreading the word. You can show your support for the show by contributing any amount via PayPal. Whether it's $20, $50, or more, your donations continue to help us to improve the quality of the program, and you can find a convenient link on the website or in the show notes. The show is edited by Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. Our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. The Candid Frame is a member of the TWIP Network. Discover more great photography podcasts such as This Week in Photography, Street Focus, All About the Gear, and more by visiting twip.com. And this is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame. <laughs>